Welcome to Days of Update for May 1st, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Red Victoria. And yeah, we have a pretty good week of news here. Yep. A uh, couple of big releases with stuff like Nintendo Switch Sports, Rogue Legacy 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving us a good end of April here. Uh, we do have your new lineups for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a couple of dates, one of which is a surprising date of sorts. Yep. Uh, we do have some weird Twitter stuff going on. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. of announcements and a couple more stories about unionization in the industry and an update on the Activision Blizzard stuff going on. Yep. Uh, before we get to that, we'll talk about what we've been playing, and I'll kick it off here. Uh, been playing Nintendo Switch Sports. We'll talk about that here at the end, since Danner has also been playing. Uh, we'll do a bit there together. Uh, but the other game I've been playing that is new is Rogue Legacy 2. Mm-hmm. That just came out on uh, PC and Xbox. Mm. Uh, not on Game Pass, in case you're wondering. Uh, but I've had the... Steam version since it went into early access. I've been kind of playing a little bit here and there, nothing too much. But uh, now that it's in uh, 1.0 state, I've uh, been jumping into that and playing a lot. And I'm liking it a lot. It has a, a lot of good stuff to it. A lot that is obviously similar to the original game uh, in terms of you've got this castle that you're going into that's randomly generating. You're also buying parts of your manor to upgrade your character and unlock other classes and merchants and stuff like that. But they do have a bunch of uh, new stuff there, and there's like a more uh, kind of easy-to-get-into sort of stat system there that they kind of let you check into there. Uh, you can sort of go into the the stat screen and look at everything you've got. Uh, all your different abilities, your relics, your uh, status effects you have, because if you haven't played the original game, uh, you every time you start a new generation, uh, you have a choice of three new fighters that can be in any of the classes you've unlocked. And occasionally they'll have, you know, like status effects to them. Like maybe one character is colorblind, and so your next run will be in sort of black and white, sort of monochrome kind of look to it. I had one uh, stream this last night. I had one that uh, I forget what the the term was called, but essentially all of the enemies were censored. So they had a big like blur filter around Mm -hmm. them, which was fun when I was had to fight the boss, (laughs) the first boss. Uh, But luckily I'd played that boss enough to know what, uh, the like it's starting up different attacks looked like uh, I could still tell that through the censoring uh, little bubble there uh, managed to beat it after maybe like 10 tries on that boss so that was yeah. uh, a pretty good time there uh, then it was fun going into a new area and like not knowing what the enemies are what they do and still having them censored yeah. uh, with that uh, there's there's a good bit that are similar to things that were in the original. Uh, So I'm not going to spoil too many of those things, but 
Uh, yeah, the the castle, the the manor, at least that you're upgrading stuff for. Mm. It seems like they limit the the rate at which they uh, increase the prices with each purchase you make uh, mm. a little bit more. Uh, whereas in the original, it was kind of uh, basically like, oh, I gotta buy all the classes first because those are the uh, the higher price items that instead of just wasting all your money on, you know, health upgrades and all that. But they do have different things that are locked to the level of the, of the manor that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes it'll be like, oh, you need to have a level 16 manor, which just means you purchase 16 things in it. And the, the amount of classes, I think, is doubled it's somewhere around that. Uh, so you see a lot of the similar ones as before. Uh, your knight, your Valkyrie... Uh, a ranger, that kind of stuff. But then they go into some more wacky stuff, like uh, what about a chef that has a a pan that it uses for attacks that gives enemies a burn status, essentially mm-hmm. does extra damage on them, that kind of thing. Uh, I figure out the every class has like a special class ability uh, for them, which is your triangle button, your Y button, mm. uh, and then you have like a spell. Uh, that is not class specific, uh, so that can be any of them. But yeah, if you haven't used any any of the uh, the spells that are available, it'll just appear as question marks. Like, ah, oh, you gotta try it out and see what it is. Mm-hmm. You can generally like figure it out uh, from what you can see there. But they do have some really interesting ones. Uh, the Valkyrie, I think, is a though it's not a new class. It's the abilities are new. I think the first game they flew. Uh, here they do not, uh, but they're sort of like spear attack. They can do in four directions, unlike most of the melee classes. Uh, the rangers can sort of shoot in 360 degrees uh, for that stuff, uh, which I did beat the first boss with a ranger, because that was a good way to have just some distance between you, as long as you know what you're doing there. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a bit more story this time around. You run around, you find little journal entries. Uh, I think the uh, for each area, it's ones pertaining to the boss of that area. So there's kind of like a, it's a little bit of a Souls-ish kind of thing. Where it's like, oh, here's like little backstory lore on the the boss of the area. Uh, and much like the original game, you have to beat all the bosses to open up the the big gold door at the beginning of the, ca- uh, the castle to fight the final boss. Mm-hmm. And they're all, I think they call them estuaries. They're like children, I assume children of the of the, the final boss mm. of sorts, so they're not all kids. The first one's like an older man to it, but uh, yeah, it's it's got a lot to like about it if you've played the original uh, and a good bit of new stuff while retaining a lot of the, the fun uh, stuff from the original. Uh, they mm. do have some good accessibility options. They have essentially a mode that you can turn on called House Rules. lets mm. you mess with you know enemy damage, your damage, uh, and turn on a bunch of other stuff if you want uh, for that. Uh, but so far I've found the difficulty to be pretty manageable, depending on sort of you know uh, abilities you get. Uh, sometimes, like I have my most recent run, I had a character that was vegan. Mm. means they can't eat the meat. Yeah. Which is what drops to refill your health. Uh, I do have a relic that gets me one HP for every enemy I kill. 
which means I'm not getting health back very quickly. And uh, means all my mistakes are a much bigger deal. Uh, But if I try to eat the meats, you know, you take damage from that. So, you know, that's the whole thing there. Mm. Uh, But yeah, there's even more that's coming into play as I unlock some more stuff. Like I've run into like supposed siblings of Karen, who's the, the guy that takes you to the castle. Uh, that takes all your money as a result. And they have a nice little character called, I think, Lady Quinn, who's like a uh, a fighting dummy, but is living. Mm-hmm. That's with each class, you can talk to her a few times, mm. and she will give you tips for the class, uh, how the abilities work and that kind of stuff. So very vital for learning how to play uh, your class and... They do a good job with like they have a glossary, so any like status effects or terms uh, you might not understand, you can go learn there. And they do a really good job of just making it easy to understand most things about the game. So mm. yeah, if you like the original or you like roguelites in general, uh, this one is one definitely to check out. And mm. I assume it'll be coming to other consoles at some point here. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's it. It's on PC and. Xbox at the moment. Mm. Uh, let's see. I also been playing some Rocket League. They got their uh, what is it called? Like knockout bash event going on. Their like spring mm-hmm. event uh, where they let you play a new mode called knockout, which is kind of what if you take Rocket League and make like a uh, like a Smash Brothers kind of fighting game out of it. A little bit. There's no like percentage crap in there. Uh, but you do have abilities with your your typical kind of Rocket League moves to do your rolls and all that kind of stuff to knock enemies out of the ring. They have opportunities with their boost and uh, some of those same uh, aerial moves uh, to get back in. You can sort of land on the on the walls of the uh, the stage and sort of regain boost and all that and get back up. Uh, so there's kind of a little bit of that kind of uh, element of a Smash Brothers, but uh, it's more visceral. There's no real playing percentages type of stuff. You can also uh, grab uh, other players and like toss them out of the ring or toss them into the uh, the dead part of the ground mm-hmm. uh, off the stage, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe the, the big issue is that they don't do a great job of telling you how to play. Uh, when you go to start it the first time, it pops up a screen with like controls, and then it's like, "All right, good luck, good luck," and it's really easy to forget that stuff. Uh, so that's maybe the one issue I have with it. Uh, the other one is I've seen people that just uh, drive off the sides of the stage and just cling on the walls and wait for everybody else to knock uh, other people out, and then come out when you know there's like one left, uh, one or two other people left. Like oh, I'm gonna fight now, or I've seen one person that just literally got on the wall under like a bridge area and decided like I'm just gonna hang out here, make everybody come to me, and watch them fall off and die because they're not as used to that kind of stuff, mm. uh, that kind of bullshit. Where I'm like, yeah, this needs to be fixed. Uh, I don't know if they've done anything with that. I've just been played a few matches of that and kind of been playing other stuff because most of the uh, missions for the event don't revolve around that. 
Mm. Uh, but they do have one for winning a match of knockout, which I don't know that I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, but I'll give it a try. But yeah, I've been enjoying that. Uh, the other game I'm playing, uh, Lawn Mowing Simulator. Uh, I've been mm-hmm. playing more of that. I've upgraded my business uh, to a new headquarters so that I can have three mowers right now, which means I can have two employees mm-hmm. uh, with me, which uh, on a daily basis, you basically pick contracts for everybody to go to and send them, pick a, a mower for them to take and uh, a weed whacker as well mm-hmm. uh, for that. So I send them on the ones I don't want to do because there are certain types of jobs where I'm just like, Oh, fuck that shit. Uh, things like orchards where there's a bunch of trees mm-hmm. that I don't want to bother with or people with weird yards, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, been enjoying that. Uh, it's kind of a game that I actually uh, use for when I'm editing the podcast. Uh, so I play some of that, pop back into the podcast, edit some more, and kind of go back and forth. It helps make a, a tedious process a little less uh, tedious, uh, which I always enjoy. Uh, so, yeah, that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Well, I like I like I said last time, I I've uh, finished Elden Ring, so pretty much for the last couple of weeks, I've been trying to fill the void that that game has left. Um, and I will just say right now, that game is probably going to end up being my game of the year, you know, unless something mind blowing comes out for Christmas this year. But uh, yeah, so in order to sort of fill the void, I've been you know, playing stuff for my, uh, you know, my, uh, my game, my Xbox Game Pass account. So I started playing some old stuff again, like, like Dragon Age Inquisition, which is a game I have not played in quite a while. Um, in fact, I, I was actually afraid that, because for those who don't know, that game, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, when it originally came out, it came out, uh, at a time when Bioware was sort of having trouble getting like, you know, stuff from uh, previous games to carry over into the others. So they basically came up with a whole site called Dragon Age Keep, which was basically where you could register all the stuff you did in the first two Dragon Age games. And I actually was afraid like they had no longer kept me of that, but nope, nope, they still have all of it and they still recorded all the stuff I did then. So yeah. Um, I've also been playing uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, which is obviously a sequel to the original Pillars of Eternity. And it's a bit definitely more naval-based than the first Pillars of Eternity it was. You're mostly playing around a chain of islands. There's a lot of, uh, you know, piloting a ship around and some ship-to-ship combat. But it's still more or less the sort of isometric RPG-type stuff that you know, the first game was. Um, Still pretty good, though. Uh, And also, I have been playing Weird West. Weird West is a game that was made by Wolf's Eye Studios, which is made up of developers who originally used to work for Arcane. So, you know, uh, Dishonored, Deathloop, uh, Prey 2017, all those games. Um, And it's basically a sort of alternate Wild West where what if after they crossed over the Mason-Dixon line, they discovered that basically everything had been taken over by Lovecraft Country 
And that's basically what Weird West is. It's the Wild West, but it's loaded with werewolves and zombies and all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and gameplay-wise, it's essentially an isometric uh, action-adventure game. Um, theoretically, you could go through the entire game without killing a single person. Because you're given a lot of options. In spite of being you know, an isometric game, it's actually a lot more... Uh, involved than you would originally think. There's lots of stealth that can be used. There's lots of uh, distraction tactics, uh, you know, kicking over oil barrels so you can light them on fire, stuff like that. But it's essentially a game that's sort of divided between like five different storylines. Um, each one of them are sort of roughly interconnected with each other and they're all sort of wrapped up at the end of it. And I'm I'm still in the first one, which should show you, you know, how, one, how difficult this game can be, and two, how enjoyable, and also also how enjoyable it is, because, yeah, it is fun, and also uh, how involved it can be, because even though, you know, you have your main thing, you've also got, like, a crap ton of side missions and stuff, and all of them have, like, a sort of timed sort of time limit on them. Some of them will only be around for a couple of in-game days. Some of them will have longer, you know, 20, 15, something like that. But uh, once they're over, they're done, and there are consequences to not doing any of them, though you won't really pre really know about it until later. But yeah, it's uh, good stuff. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. I'm just sort of you know, keeping the, trying to fill the void, more or less. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I've pretty much been uh, filling the void as well with the games I've been playing, uh, aside from one on Embargo that I can't talk about until next week. But um, the games I've been playing include Cruising Blast, which I got on a uh, buy ticket when free sale a few weeks ago. Mm. And it's a game I've always had my eye on ever since it came out last year, but um, I just didn't want to, like, you know, drop the... Uh, 60 50 bucks for i forget whether it's a uh, bargain game but um yeah so so far like there's a whole lot of value in this one um mm. i do remember playing cruising usa uh for the n64 back in the day and mm. one of the reasons why i liked it as an arcade racer was because like it was simple it wasn't so you know it wasn't so insistent on being you know the realistic game that um that uh, Gran Turismo was. It was just like, even though all cars, you know, handle differently, they all pretty much handle the same in this game. And that, that's part of what makes it attractive to me. Um, I'm not going to quite compare it to Ridge Racer, but as far as like um, modern day racing games and, you know, we have on the Switch, that goes to Mario Kart. Like this one definitely fills the void rather nicely. Um, the first time I played it was last week on a plane and I was caught off guard at like how how fast the game is uh a, a, a lot of the things you, you do here are like totally uh death defying like you, you sort of have that uncharted feel where you know you're all of a sudden running into or driving into something narrow and all of a sudden it opens up because the whole course blows up and it's totally nuts um i just unlocked some uh, uh some motorcycles which i don't remember that series ever having and like yeah it adds a whole lot of fun you can do things like wheelies with your cars and if you if you're popping a wheelie and like run run into another car, you you do flips, which somehow mm -hmm. increases speed. The the um the drifting isn't isn't overly difficult. Like yeah, I'm just having a whole lot of fun with cruising blast, and um, 
yeah, like the, the fact that it's not overly difficult, but at the same time, like you do have to try in order to get first place really uh, makes it really fun. And I look forward to continuing to play this game as a, as a palate cleanser. There's a will. reason it was my, it was on my top 10 last year. It's just totally dumb fun. And uh, yeah, I, I, I totally see myself wasting even more hours playing this game. Um, I'm also uh, playing Kiwi. Uh, this is an indie game that uh, I've also had my eye on ever since last year. And this is primarily a multiplayer cooperative game where you pretty much do um, word filling tasks. It almost feels like one of those old, old computer uh, click and paste games where you pretty much like you know try to complete phrases and do all these things. Like um, basically, you have to fill in certain messages and you have to find the right letters on on on, on the uh, at the level, put them into place, and at the same time make sure that your partner is working with you to make sure that you have your shift on and uh, these sort of things and. Like yeah, like I'm I'm really struggling at how to really describe this game. It's something you definitely have to like watch a trailer for in order to really get it. But um, as far as cooperative play goes, aside from like you know your typical overcooked or like you know even it takes two, like Kiwi is definitely a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, Chris. Unless you want me to talk about what we're what 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 we can both talk about. Go ahead and start talking about Switch Sports. Yeah. So I've been playing Nintendo Switch Sports, came out on a Friday, and if you're not familiar with the game, it's pretty much Wii Sports on, on the Switch. Um, except the, the, the main thing is that since there's no sensor bar, you don't have to worry about like, you know, setting up your Wii perfectly and all that. Everything is done through uh, the uh, Joy-Cons, and so far I haven't had that uh, many issues. Now Chambara, uh, as well as... Um, that's pretty much it. That was like there before. Uh, the new ones include volleyball and uh, uh, what's that other one? Um, badminton. Badminton. And badminton isn't really that much different. You're doing more upward swings than you are with the with the spikes and whatnot. So I think tennis is still the funner game. Uh, Chambara is pretty cool, um, except you know if if you're playing with someone who isn't as like in tune with the controls, it it does tend to end up sort of being a struggle. One of the so I've I've only been played been been playing the game multiplayer so far. I haven't been playing any single player stuff. And the main struggle, if you could call it that, is the fact that when you do your tutorial, uh, your second player also goes through that same tutorial. So, you know, if they're not paying attention, then they can easily skip it. But if they were, then all of a sudden they're doing the same the same exact same thing you're doing, and it kind of just bogs down the experience because you just want to go ahead and get to the game. Um, the the part where this is really a struggle is uh, Chambara as well as um, volleyball. Because with volleyball, there's a very specific sequence that they come in. Like, you know, you have your set shot, you have your regular your regular bump, uh, you have your spikes and whatnot. But when the, when the ball comes, you have to uh, prepare with a, with a regular bump, and then you go ahead and do a set, and then you go ahead and do a spike. And constantly going through that motion over and over um, is a little on the boring side. And it just makes me wish there was a little more there. Um, the thing is, though, like I, th- I think the value was there. At like, is this a forty dollars game or a fifty dollars game? Like, I, I, I can't remember. But it's forty. Yeah, it's forty. So, like, I definitely feel like you know maybe ten bucks each totally works here. But I am missing uh, golf, which uh, I think is happening later this summer. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I aside from that, my other complaint would be. Um, I don't hate the way that the avatars look, but 
it's really missing a lot by not having the ability to um, just go ahead and create me. You can do that, but all of your options are limited, and it looks like you have to actually unlock all of the other customization options, which is unfortunate because like creating your me is part of the experience. And um, although you can go ahead and I think you have the option to upload them, but I don't even know where it comes from. Um, I saw the option there, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I only spent around like an hour or two playing this game, so. Yeah, there's an option in your settings, the the Switch settings, to make a me, uh, which is a more fun experience making a me than making your character when you start this game, because uh, it is just so bare bones. Like uh, most of the menus, I think probably at least half of the the menus for categories of items don't even have one just for you, you to start with. So, like if you're looking for glasses or. Uh, hats or anything like that you're just like oh i guess this this doesn't exist yet mm. yeah like there's a whole bunch of costumes and other accessories you can uh you can unlock but the fact that you have to unlock them is kind of plain and then as you mentioned like i actually have no issue with the way the characters look in this game but the fact that i can't customize it to the way i really want to end the game is annoying and there's like six hairstyles and they're all kind of hipster hairstyles mm. uh, which isn't bad but one of the things I unlocked pretty early and I've been seeing pretty often is just like a, a like, you know, wool knit cap. And so everybody that has that on just looks like hipster uh, weirdos, which fits the whole vibe of this game. Because uh, it's all set in this big, like, very expensive looking, like, sports facilities that are all nearby each other. And yeah, that's kind of the the big disappointment is the character creator just doesn't allow you to really make much in the way of interesting looking mm. uh, people. Maybe people get more time into it to mess with things, but I immediately saw more interesting me's of people where I saw somebody made uh, Peter Griffin from Family Guy uh, in one of the soccer matches I did. Uh, I was like, me like impressive as well as uh, turned me off hoping I wasn't on the same team as that guy, but I, he ended up being on there, so I was like, okay, I'll deal with this weirdo. But yeah, the the bowling is my favorite game. Uh, the multiplayer especially is kind of a battle royale style setup where you're facing off against you know 15 other people uh, doing three rounds uh, up front, and uh, whoever has like Top scores, I forget what the breakdown is, how many they cut off. Uh, but then they, you know, the people that have the, the higher scores get to continue on, everybody else gets eliminated. Uh, then you do another three rounds and they cut them off again uh, up until you get uh, down to the 10th frame where then it's three people facing off to see who gets the, uh, the win there. Uh, and bowling probably has the the biggest change of any of the returning games because you have to hold the trigger button the entire time you're uh, bowling. Mm. Uh, whereas in the original Wii Sports, you kind of let go as you would you know, let go of the ball. Yeah, that was the one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, that definitely was a struggle uh, because I'm so used to the way it was on the Wii and Wii Sports Resort. And it doesn't necessarily can communicate that to you super well. Yeah, and if you actually hit the trigger, uh, you actually have to go through the motion again. Like, it'll give you the same warning message, and then you just, like, go it again instead of just letting you go ahead and do it. Um, even if you release the ball, um, 
or if, if if you release the trigger like after you release the ball, they still penalize you, or not really penalize you, but they tell you to stop and do it again, which is it's it's really abrupt, and again, it it definitely uh, messes up the experience a little bit. And like, I don't know if you have um, any previous experience with Wii Sports Resort because with the, the the gimmick with that game was it allowed you to use the um, the Wii motion sensor, um, so it was more accurate. Um, yeah. With that, I didn't find uh, bowling as fun, just because like the slight tw- tweak of the wrist will go ahead and mess up your shot. And I was finding the same stuff happening with uh, this particular game as well. Whereas with with the Wii, it was easier, and like I get why, but you know you kind of miss that feeling. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a couple of times where I would go for a throw and it wouldn't spin at all, like I was Ooh. trying to do the motion for. That was just kind of very annoying when I'm getting it down for the most part. Though, so, yeah, it's, and I think the 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 other big issue I have with the bowling is uh, in the local multiplayer modes. There's a uh, special mode for the bowling where you essentially uh, get like randomly. They're probably not randomly generated, but they are a bunch of wacky uh, lanes that show up with different obstacles and such. I feel like that should be in the multiplayer, uh, online multiplayer version of the bowling uh, to add some more chaos as an option in there. Uh, But right now they're all pretty basic in the multiplayer stuff as you just pick one and match up. You can pick three games if you want to match into, if you're not sure of whatever specific game you want to do. But it does kind of, Let's you do a little bit more of queuing up. Uh, but yeah, it's... And I do like the... One thing I really like about the, the character creators, the, the titles, because they just give you a bunch of terms and you get to pick two, a first and a second title uh, to make your whole title. Uh, and people have been having fun making weird stuff for that. Oh yeah. Do do you know if you can if if you can unlock more adjectives or are those what what you have? Yeah, those are in your uh, the uh, the whatever the groups of unlocks. There's usually two that are sets of words. Gotcha. Yeah, like I remember when I set that up, I was I was having having a blast with that. Like the one for mine was uh, so called boy, and then the one for my girlfriend was uh, intense girl, which pissed her off, and uh, I just thought it was a funny thing to do. But yeah, like if you're unfamiliar with this titling system, it's the same thing as what you have in like uh, the, the the Pokemon games, where yeah, you have pretty much the same idea. You just pair these words up instead of making making your own. But I, I can understand why they wouldn't let you do that because it's Nintendo. So yeah, uh, for me, I picked Father Mother as a Xenoclash reference because uh, I was like, okay, that's something simple that I could do without really having to do too much work. Uh, but yeah, you can. The way they do unlocks is just, it's kind of like a battle pass of sorts where as you play matches, you get points. Every 100 points, you get to uh, pick one of these groups to unlock stuff from. Uh, luckily, it just picks uh, a ran- an item at random. And then if you keep picking it, you'll eventually get everything. Uh, so you don't have to worry about getting dupes or anything. Uh, but it seems like they're going to add more each week. Uh, at least one more, I think. I don't know. But from what I've seen, people are saying that the items that are on them are random. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of annoyed that there were no facial hair options on any of these. I did get glasses the first time, so at least I had something there. But the only facial hair you have to start off with is like a fake beard. That's not anything like you would expect it to look. It looks like you just put some makeup under your uh, chin, mm. essentially. 
That just looks weird. And the only thing I saw was like, a, oh, there's a brown version of that. And it's like, well, this is dumb. And I saw people with beards. And I'm like, where the hell are they getting that? That's not on mine. And apparently it's because uh, they randomize the items that are on that, which is weird. Uh, but yeah, the soccer is probably my second favorite thing that's on there. Can you pull duplicates or is it? No, because once you once it picks an item, it's crossed off. It doesn't pick it again. Okay, thank God. <laughs> so eventually, uh, once you go through, I think it's twelve items, and then it unlocks a a set for a special item for completing it, which I think are outfits. Uh, so that's what the the body section is for in the customization. Uh, which I think is just a full suit. It was kind of disappointing because I would like to have you know shirt and uh, pants and shoe options and stuff make some make some really dumb outfits instead of just pre-made outfits. And since you can do the Mies, but it's only the head that shows up, I kind of wish you could eventually unlock a me body because uh, it seems like they're very much tied to the sort of high fidelity bodies that work in with all their games. I'd like to see a dumb low poly me body in there. That'd be pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, the soccer is my second favorite game. It's kind of a Rocket League style thing, but instead of you know having a vehicle to get around pretty quickly, it's a very slow version. Since you're playing a human uh, that has a stamina meter that is kind of like the Breath of the Wild stamina meter as a circle. Uh, that you're using to dash around. And uh, when you run out, you just run slow for a bit before it starts filling up slowly. I was kind of hoping there would be like maybe some pads where it fills up a little faster. But yeah, you do have some interesting moves because you're just swinging the Joy-Con left or right. Or you can do up or down to do more high kicks or low kicks kind of thing. But if you swing both Joy-Cons forward, like a slam both of them, do like a very stupid headbutt dive uh, that hits the ball pretty hard. But yeah, it's a slow version of Rocket League because it's three minutes instead of the five that Rocket League has. Everybody moves more slowly, and so basically a lot of the matches I've seen, uh, you basically, whoever gets the first goal is generally guaranteed to win. Uh, If you manage to get up to two goals over the other team, it essentially does like, oh, next... Next goal is double points as a way for the other team to get even and, you know, challenge the other team. But it's so slow and the the matches are just three minutes long. Uh, It is a very slow mode that they really need to offer a five-minute option. uh, So that there's a little bit more back and forth. There's a little bit more chance for competition. Uh, But yeah, my other favorites, I would probably say either tennis or badminton. Badminton is Olympic-style badminton, so it's kind of extreme compared to what you would play in your backyard or whatever, as it's very fast and back and forth, the volleys and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Tennis I've seen uh, that is pretty good, but also I've seen uh, people I've faced, uh, as well as myself, sort of having trouble getting uh, control in there. Uh, A lot of times uh, swinging it and it goes weird way or it curves more. And you expect uh, really easy to kind of hit the ball and it just goes way out of bounds at times. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of weird. Uh, but yeah, the I like the volleyball as well. 
it's a nice little change of pace and it's pretty quick as well. Uh, much like the tennis and yeah, the chum bar has been kind of the, the dud of the group. It's just not very fun. I didn't really like it in Wii Sports Resort and I don't really care for it here either. So, uh, but overall the package is pretty good. It's a shame they don't have any real good solo play like they do, like they did for Wii Sports where you have, you know, the ranking system that you're kind of moving up on as you play better and get better because you're generally playing against AIs and Wii Sports. Uh, and here they don't really have much of that. I think you're just in the local multiplayer just playing uh, solo for the most part. The bowling has the only unique thing from uh, what's in the uh, multiplayer stuff with the uh, the cool little mode where it has just different kinds of lanes with different obstacles and such to them that just changes things up a bit. Mm. And the only other mode there is is like a uh, a friends multiplayer mode where you can play them online. You just essentially create a a room uh, for people on your friends list to join in. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's only limited to two people total, which is a little weird because uh, the local is for four people. So it's a little surprising that that is not the same for the the friends online stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like the online multiplayer. It just needs something more to it in some of these ways. And it really needed some more uh, starting items for your customization and not be so bare bones, especially compared to the Mii Maker, which has you know tons of hairstyles, facial hairstyles, and all this other stuff. That it's just a fun time, unless people make these weird, uh, you know, pop culture characters and such. That was a fun time to see them pop up in Wii Sports as well, and that's not really a thing here, as far as I've seen. But yeah, it's it's probably pretty well worth the forty bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm looking forward to put some more time into it, and. Uh, See more what has to offer. Hopefully they are going to be aggressive in updating it and adding some stuff, but it's Nintendo, so who knows? Yeah. But uh yeah, that I think that's all I have to say about it. Uh but yeah, let's uh let's get to some news. Alright. Uh, it's a new month. It's May mm-hmm. somehow. We're gonna talk about what you can start playing soon here on the uh PlayStation Plus and Games of Gold. Start with PlayStation Plus uh for this month. They have Picked uh, a big sports game, FIFA 22, for PS5 and PS4. Uh, that'll be available starting on May 3rd, Tuesday. Yep. Uh, let's see, yeah, that also includes a bonus uh, FIFA Ultimate Team pack that you can get with that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to add to that uh, part of the game. So mm. there you go. Uh, let's see, yeah, they and they've added two neat-looking indie games, one that I've definitely played, uh, but the, the the other one is Tribes of Midgard for PS5 mm-hmm. and PS4. Uh, that was one of those state-of-play kind of games that uh, is a blend of survival uh, and uh, action RPG yeah. kind of stuff in sort of a co-op uh, kind of game mm-hmm. uh, based around uh, Norse mythology. Yeah. And uh, that is uh, a game that I wanted to check out, just haven't had uh, the time or the attention to grab it at any point. Well, now you do. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So there's that. The other game is Curse of the Dead Gods, just for uh, just the PS4 version for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is a roguelite that 
has a, a decent bit in common with stuff like Hades. Yeah. In terms of putting some story stuff to it, but also, you know, very much like a, I think also you get like a, a options for, you know, different types of weapons to pick from before you start kind of thing. And I think they have bonuses on some of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you're going through rooms, taking out enemies, uh, that kind of stuff. There's no real choices like a Hades where you get, I don't want to go to this room for gold or for uh, this other currency, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, here it's kind of more combat focused. Uh, you're collecting, uh, let's see, mystical relics, any of your uh, weapons, you know, which are a lot of times guns, but they do have some neat mechanics to that stuff that uh, gives it its own kind of flavor to it. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool game. People should definitely check it out mm. uh, for that kind of game. So there you go, pretty good lineup for this month. Mm-hmm. PlayStation Plus. Uh, but yeah, that'll bleed into uh, the big overhaul for PlayStation Plus mm. here for June. So I'm curious to see how uh, they communicate that stuff. So should, they'll probably be doing here pretty soon. Uh, they did updates in FAQ on the PlayStation Plus site that was answering questions about, uh, you know, stacking memberships and how that was all going to work out. Which essentially, I believe, if you have PS Plus and PlayStation Now, you essentially get the highest tier of the new PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. And then it ends at whichever one you have a later end date on versus PlayStation Plus or PlayStation Now. So mm. seems like a pretty decent conversion over to that. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to Games with Gold. Yep. Which is actually a pretty interesting month for once. Yeah. Let's see. Starting on May 1st uh, for the newer games, there's Yoku's Island Express. Mm-hmm. A game I've talked about a bit, uh, which is basically what if what if you had a Metroid-like that's controlled like a pinball game? Yep. Uh, it's a really interesting and fun game uh, for getting around. Uh, maybe the one issue is just kind of actually getting around is uh, can be tedious later on in the game. Oh, As you're yeah. trying to figure out, like, okay, where do I need to go next? And uh, how do I get over there? Kind of thing. There's no real easy way of warping around. There is like a, a fast travel kind of system, but you have to figure out how to get to that. So that's maybe the one knock I have on it, really. Uh, let's see. On the 16th, there's the inner world, the wind, the last wind monk, the inner world, the last wind monk. They got two different names for it here. But I believe it's the last wind monk for the subtitle. I believe that is a like, puzzle adventure game of sorts so uh, I'm going to guess it is a Eastern European ass game like that that seems Calypso Media published it so that pretty sure that is uh, so yeah there you go that is a, a decent one there uh, let's see for the, the older stuff there is uh, as of May 1st Hydro Thunder Hurricane uh, which is a pretty good arcade racer Yep. Revival of the Hydro Thunder series. Yeah. For XBLA, that that did pretty well. Yeah. It did all right. And let's see, the other one for May 16th is Viva Pinata Party Animals. Yep. Which I think it's the sequel 
Yeah, that's the sequel to Viva Pinata. Yep. Okay. There's no description here. It just says this game supports English, French, Italian. You know. Well, I mean, if you apparently if you played the original Viva Pinata, you kind of already know what you're in for. Yeah, those games I enjoy like the first few hours, and then yeah, it's exactly. It's like okay, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. That's more thinking than I wanted out of this. Yeah, I uh, didn't expect I'd have to do fucking math problems while playing. Or figure it. out how to get these different types of pinatas over to the island. Yeah, and deal with assholes that show up and wreck your place. Mm-hmm. So. Those games would do really great with a an easy mode. Mm-hmm. It's like turn off all the assholes. Let me just build and enjoy watching these animals fuck. Uh, so there you go. So that's a pretty solid month there. Mm-hmm. It's weird to see a Microsoft game in there that isn't just in Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I think it is, but I also have Rare Replay, so I already own digital versions of all those games. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's get to some news here. Uh, one of the big ones, the PS5 got its variable refresh rate update. Yep. This week, though it's not really an update, it's already in the the system in the back end. Uh, I think you just if it's not showing in your like your screen settings, you just probably have to reset your PS5 to yep. show up. But they announced that it's out for people with HDMI 2.1 VRR compatible TVs and monitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's about a dozen games that are either already have updates out now for it or are getting them pretty soon. Mm. Includes, you know, stuff like Astro's Playroom, the last two Call of Duties, Deathloop, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5, Special Edition, Dirt 5, mm. Godfall, both Spider-Man and Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil, Village, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, and Tribes of Midgard. Mm. So plus you get one of those games uh, here pretty soon. I know the Spider-Man games have updates out now. I assume Ratchet and Clank as well. Mm. For that stuff, seems like people are just testing out, seeing how it goes. Uh, I think there are definitely some issues out there, but I think those are probably issues with, you know, the early TVs on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is why I definitely did not get a TV that had it. It's like I'll let it stew for a while and improve. I'll benefit from that later. But yeah, that's uh, that's. So, there you go. If you have one of those TVs, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it also has a system level. Uh, just turn it on for games that have unlocked frame rates and uh, improve that. Mm. Maybe improve ones that have dodgy frame rates, like maybe a certain game like Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be able to improve that a bit. So, mm. until they decide that they want to allow VRR support for people. Mm-hmm. There you go. Some nice news. Uh, some other nice news. Bethesda is closing their launcher and moving over to Steam mm-hmm. uh, for anything that they haven't already moved over, but as part of that, they have brought over a handful of their older games mm-hmm. over to Steam, and a few of them are free. Uh, these include the first four Elder Scrolls games. Mm-hmm. That does not mean Morrowind or Oblivion. That's Elder Scrolls Arena, the first game. Mm-hmm. The Elder Scrolls 2 Daggerfall. And these two spinoffs, The Elder Scrolls Adventures Redguard. Mm-hmm. And let's see, this one's N Elder Scrolls Legend Battlespire. 
which are spinoffs and from the Steam reviews, I saw they're like, eh, it's okay. Mm. Those first two are probably the more notable ones because imagine what it would have been like uh, to play uh, those games that are kind of largely what you know Oblivion and Skyrim and that were doing, but back in the nineties. Mm. Uh, they're very uh, more rough in the way of 2D games look, or the PC games looked back then. Mm-hmm. You know, with a good 25% of the screen dedicated to a HUD. You know, like a character portrait and different options you can click on, and bars and a map and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the fun thing there. But the those two first two games are free. You can just go grab them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not a discount or anything, so you don't have to rush to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also... I uh, should be able to play them on pretty much any PC because mm. uh, they're, you know, 30-year-old PC games almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they also added a fifth one, Wolfenstein Enemy Territory, mm-hmm. which is also free to play. Yep. That one's inter- interesting because it was never put on a PC platform. I don't think it was, no. It was only off of the, the website for the game. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that is... Wild, even for when that came out, that was like an 07 08 game, kind of it was a pretty early game, uh, for whenever it came out. But yeah, they hosted it on their site and even made a guide showing you how to play it on a modern PC, mm-hmm. which is kind of wild because most devs don't do that for older games. Uh, but yeah, that's a that's like a whole thing they were doing these enemy, enemy territory games where they're going back to these franchises that Bethesda had, I think Wolfenstein. Mm-hmm. I forget what else got in enemy territory. Was it Quake enemy territory that they mm-hmm. were doing that one as well? I was like, oh, this is like a 32-player game, 16 on 16, uh, where it's like, let's see, American against Germans, you know, World War II style thing, uh, but then could break it down to the smaller squads of four, those, you know, Battlefield style uh, kind of situation there. Uh, so that's neat. They kind of went and did this, uh, especially for not all that difference. You know, basically a full-on, like, first-person, free-roaming RPG. Like, yeah, the man in the corner. Like and, Doom. Yeah. Or Wolfenstein. Pretty much. Um, and then, you know, eventually they got around to, like, Morrowind and Oblivion, and they figured out, oh, actually, you don't need to have this <laughs> shit covering up the entire goddamn screen. Well, I think they also had that because it helped the game run better. It wasn't taking as much real estate. Yeah, that is also yep. true. Because uh, those early uh, Elder Scrolls, um, they uh, they could be hard to run sometimes, depending on you know what grade your your computer was. And I've definitely heard of people being like, oh, "I'm going to make Doom the size of a stamp because that runs like super great uh, on their PCs back then." So, yeah. yeah, you could do that. You could. Now that would be ridiculous. Because mm. that game runs on a toaster. But I mean it, it literally runs on a potato. I mean we're yeah. we're pretty much ten years away from someone like opening up a carton of potatoes and playing Doom on it. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that's uh that's a nice little bonus thing for PC players to play some some Bethesda history. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, let's uh 
Uh, speaking of history, this War of Mine, mm-hmm. a game that is prescient now. Shockingly prescient, yes. Uh, they are releasing the Final Cut version of the game Yeah, on the new consoles, the PS5 mm-hmm. and Xbox Series X and S, mm. uh, May 10th. Mm-hmm. It'll also be on Game Pass. Uh, but it has, it's been upgraded to 4K resolution, and they adjusted the UI for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, includes all the content from the base game uh, with a new character quest and events, and they will be selling the three pieces of DLC uh, separately, mm-hmm. as well as a complete edition bundle, if you want all of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a game that is based off of the Bosnian War. Uh, yeah, more or less, it's specifically based on the Siege of Sarajevo. Yeah. So, like, uh, I, I I did, like, during a Let's Weekend a long time ago, I talked a bit about the Yugoslav Wars. Uh, but basically what happened is, uh, for a good 30 years, uh, Yugoslavia, which, of course, is a country that does not exist anymore, uh, was basically ruled by a fairly left-wing strong man by the name of Marshal Tito, and then Tito died in the early 80s, and... Almost immediately, um, all of the old nationalist sentiments started to come back, uh, and it started fraying at the seams very much. Uh, the reason that it had managed to stay united pretty much for the whole 30 years is that Tito's government basically ruthlessly put down any kind of ultra-nationalist sentiment that would spark up, because... This part of the this part of the yeah, well, keep in mind this is the part of the world that basically started World War One. You know, uh, the Serbs and the Bosniaks and the Croatians and all that. That was Yugoslavia and parts of Albania. And uh, then the whole thing came apart, and then it just fantastically exploded in around the early nineties. And there was the Ser- the Serbs and the Croats and the Bosniaks all went to war against each other, and at some point, the Serbs basically put the siege, put uh, the city of Sarajevo under siege. It lasted more than I think a year. Yeah, it's like the it's like the longest lasting siege since World War Two, and yeah, basically, this war of mine is sort of takes place in a city that's kind of like that. Uh, it's basically like a DMZ zone where uh, your characters have to, you know, they have to like hunker down during the day because there's like, you know, snipers and stuff out there. But then they have to like do all of their, you know, their uh, foraging and stuff at night. And a lot of that involves having to break into other people's homes and stealing shit. And it's a very depressing game all right home. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is compelling as hell, though. I will say that. Yeah, you're kind of managing a group of people, and you have options like taking in others, but maybe they're a thief that will steal stuff from you and disappear, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very uplifting game. Oh, yeah. It also had probably one of the most striking trailers I've ever seen. That was when it was first announced, because... Yeah. It had that, you know, that really emotional song by Omega in the background. It has all this, like, soldiers, you know, running through, a like, a roadside getting up. And then it flashes over through a wall, and it's just these cutouts of these regular people trying to live through the, through the war. And it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. It hit you in the feels. Yep. 
And unfortunately, we're living through that shit right now. Yeah. But yeah, let's uh, let's get to a game that's slightly more uplifting. Diablo Immortal is coming out June uh, June 2nd. Yeah. Uh, we knew it was coming to mobile, but they Blizzard also announced that it's coming to PC as well that same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they said you people are, are going to download an, an Android emulator and play it anyway. Mm-hmm. You might as well make a native version that is actually good. Mm-hmm. You know, built for the platform versus you you all being weirdos mm-hmm. and playing it that way. Which is great. It's always good to have more options, especially because Diablo 4 is uh, not coming out until next year at least. Mm-hmm. So I might as well give those people that, you know, scoffed at the idea of playing a mobile Diablo game. Mm-hmm. Might as well give them the opportunity to play that on PC and uh, deal with that. Uh, here, but yeah, they say it has PC-friendly controls and other options and kind of just get it out there to as many players as possible, uh, especially those that are sort of dedicated PC fans of the series. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be out pretty soon. People will be able to get at least a fix of Diablo mm-hmm. uh, before Diablo 4 happens at some point in the future. Yeah. So there you go. Something to keep an eye on. All. Is the mobile game even even not already? No, it'll be out June second. Yeah. Okay, so the day and date as the receiver. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Well, at least uh, PC players get like you know a full version of the game of having to. That's 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 solid, but I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of a surprise because it was very much positioned from the front. It's like here's a mobile game. You guys got phones, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that was pretty much like the beginning of the end for uh, the honeymoon period of Blizzard. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I mean, like it got it just kept getting perpetually worse after that. Yeah, I mean, like even with that, like you know, um, even though it'll probably be littered with a whole bunch of like typical stuff you see at mobile games, um. Uh, Hopefully, there's a reason for like pure Diablo fans to you know really enjoy it anyway. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. there will be, but there's a chance. So, yeah, uh, but I feel like people have cooled on this game being a lightning rod mm-hmm. versus many other reasons to be mad at Blizzard, and Activision mm-hmm. Blizzard as a whole. So, mm-hmm. as at least one thing in favor of this game, is there a bigger fish to fry? And we'll get to some of that a little later. Uh, but yeah, let's get to the that's the last of the new dates we've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up here, Sifu. Uh, we talked about how they were working on updates for this game, uh, specifically to add difficulty options. Mm-hmm. And so they put out a 2022 content roadmap for the year. Uh, Spring here saying things like difficulty options, uh, student, disciple, and master, as well as advanced training options and outfit selection as they've said for people that got the game at launch, uh, especially the deluxe edition that was uh, not playable for the early ac- most of the early access period. Uh, so they are going to have free outfits there, and they're going to be adding new outfits uh, with each of the uh, big updates. Mm. Uh, for summer, they're going to have an advanced scoring system, as well as gameplay modifiers that I assume you'll be able to turn on with 
options here. I can see no pendant, one health yeah. point, no guard, stronger enemies, golden staff, all skills unlocked, and bullet time. Just to make it tougher on you, I guess, if you want. Uh, for the fall, they're going to add a replay editor, as well as some new modifiers you can mess with and some more outfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're also going to, let's see, in the winter, they're going to add a new game mode, arenas, which I assume is just, mm-hmm. here's some dudes to fight. Enjoy. Uh, they're also going to add new modifiers and new outfits as well in that uh, big updates. And they say they're going to have the, the physical launch on May 3rd. They'll be here in a couple days. Uh, but yeah, it seems like they got uh, plenty to work on here for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, good for them. Like, just to be brutally honest here, Seafood does not need any of this stuff. It's fine mm-hmm. the way it is. It's my game of the year. But all this stuff makes it a whole lot better. It makes it a whole lot more approachable. And because I think it's so great, I'm going to go ahead and buy the physical region. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that's great news. Always nice to see any games that do well in the Decided to invest that back into the game and mm-hmm. expand it some more beyond what the, they ultimately needed to do. Mm. So, yeah, there's that. Talking about doing things uh, maybe you don't need to do. Sega, uh, with the Sonic Origins launch coming up here in uh, June, I believe it is, June 23rd. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we need to get rid of all of those Sonic games uh, that are already available as standalone things because, you know, $5 versions of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, uh, 3, and Knuckles of CD maybe makes mm-hmm. a $40 collection look bad. Yeah. Value wise. Now, it's also Sega, so that'll be 20 bucks here probably by the fall. Uh, but, you know, before then, uh, they say they are delisting standalone versions of those games by May 20th. I think the Sonic CD is on PlayStation now, and that's getting taken down on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they did say that the Sega Ages versions of Sonic 1 and 2 for the Switch will stay on there, as well as Sonic 2 on the the Genesis app for Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. Mm. Uh, For those two that are kind of uh, different reasons to exist. Uh, But other ones on, I assume, PS3, Xbox 360... 3DS, I think. You know, that storefront's already coming down anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wii U. I don't, I don't know if it's on the Wii U. It's weird to remember what all platforms have versions of these games when they are probably four different versions of Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. on each of these platforms at this point. Uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying to see, especially for preservation's sake, those people are already bracing to see what sort of uh, emulation stuff is not great about these games, mm-hmm. these new versions. Uh, so we'll have to see. Especially they're doing some some enhancements here and there mm. uh, with new and improved animations, modes, and uh, options to play as Tails and Knuckles in each game, among other stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's uh, a little bit sad, but if you want those other Sonic games, you can buy them now. Yeah, I don't All think right. they're taking down the collections, like the the Sega Genesis collection. It's on mm. like Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're taking that down. Yeah, it's just the standalone games. 
Yeah, this news is uh, pretty disappointing if, uh, you know, you're all about the game preservation, which, you know, obviously we all are. Um, I will say, though, that uh, um, it, it kind of looks like it's, it's Sega as a whole. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed with the uh, PlayStation uh, Plus upgrade and stuff, they've actually removed Persona 5 from the uh, PlayStation Plus collection, or they're going to. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot what they have already. Um, but, you know, either way, like, you know, Royals to better version. But, you know, I, I, dig- I digress. Aside from that, like, it makes you wonder whether Sega actually has something up their sleeve or whether it really is just, oh, you know, we have Sonic Origins coming soon, so we should probably take away all the versions of Sonic you can get on a on a current console. So Yeah. Because I think they're all they're all they're also gonna remove Yakuza from Xbox Game Pass soon, aren't they? Uh I don't know. But yeah, like PlayStation now is going through uh, a bit of a change right now because they are, you know, Deals are ending for games, and they are sort of re-upping on things for companies that are interested in that. Mm. I think Sega specifically has a bunch of stuff coming down from PlayStation now here in the next few weeks. Konami also has the same thing going on. But who knows what's going on with them. But like Metal Gear Solid 4 is coming down from PlayStation now, so that is the not the only way to play that game. You know, legit is on a PS3. Mm. Uh, as of, I think, the 17th is when those are coming down. But also that Silent Hill collection, which people are like, oh, maybe they're going to put the PS2 versions up. It's like, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see. But, uh, yeah. This one particularly is very much, it seems like a business move of having these versions of these games that uh, you can get for probably cheaper than what the collection is going to be. Mm. And so why allow people to get cheaper versions? Make them pay the 40 bucks now. Prove their loyalty to Sonic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Sega at the moment is we are Sonic. Worship our movie. Mm. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get some weird Twitter stuff going on. So speaking of movies, uh, Nintendo has that Super Mario Brothers movie that is uh, was supposed to be coming here in December 21st mm. of this year. They announced that it had been delayed to next spring, April 7th. And they put out a very weird tweet on the Nintendo of America account that I assume is a straight translation of what was on the Japanese account. Mm-hmm. It just says, this is Miyamoto. After consulting with Chris-san, my partner at Elimination on the Super Mario Brothers film, we decided to move the global release from spring global release to spring 2023, April 28th in Japan, April 7th in North America. My deepest apologies, but I promise it will be well worth the wait, Mm. which immediately people were started goofing on Uh, the elimination Twitter account posted a similar message, but it was, you know, written by somebody that's spoken wrote English natively. Yeah. Uh, So it's a much more normal looking message. But it's sort of a weird message to put out, especially because people thought Chris Son was Chris Pratt, but he doesn't work at Illumination. That's kind of the the weird thing. But yeah, it was kind of a weird, weird message for Nintendo to put out on the, just on their Twitter account. Yeah. Not like I have a proper English version written up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they did this for authenticity's sake because it's very Japanese, but at the same time, there is no way that Nintendo did not know that this sort of piece would go viral. I mean, not only is it about a movie that's highly anticipated, 
but you know it's done in such a way that it's that it can easily be copied because as soon as this tweet came out a lot of other tweets out from similar companies doing you know similar things it's like oh this is Miyamoto this is mm-hmm. this is a uh, Kojima you know this is uh, but yeah basically it became a meme and Nintendo is really good at that so I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure this is all done done on purpose and it's like you know what let's let's, let's translate it or let's let's do it in the worst way possible and people will run on it because you know it, it gets people to talk and uh, yeah but as far as the actual news goes yeah this is disappointing news this was coming up the day after my birthday and I was really looking forward to uh seeing it during that time but at the same time you know go ahead and take your time we want this to be good and sonic 2 and uncharted i mean i i thought i thought they were both wonderful movies and i look forward to this one so um mm. i know that's there's a lot of uh a lot of angst with uh chris pratt and their 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 star-studded cast but uh illumination does make some hilarious uh animation so i'm looking forward to it anyway yeah mm. i think I'm trying to think of what other video game movies are coming out this year. I think Borderlands is still this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't seen a single bit of it other than when they were announcing who was uh, doing voices and working in it. Like Kate Blanchett and some fairly well-known actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, I'm struggling to think of it, if there's anything else that is in the near future. Uh, but I think that is it. So yeah, but... You know, Mario Brothers movies important for Nintendo. They don't want to be shown up by Sega yet again in the Sonic versus Mario uh, thing from, which only happened with the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, since then it's been Nintendo most of the way. Mm. But uh, yeah, speaking of Sega, Yuji Naka mm-hmm. hasn't been there for a while, but that is where his his peak was as a uh, creator and a director yeah. of games. And he obviously has not been super great with the release of Bal- Balan Wonderworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was bad, let's just say. It, it, it's, it's more than bad. It was a goddamn travesty. Played it. It is it's bad. It's bland bad. Yeah. There's nothing that's like terrible about it, but it's like these are weird decisions to make to like remove all of the flavor from it. Mm-hmm. All the style, the personality from it. Yeah. So it's just left as like here's a platformer that is a nothing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to remember what is going on other than every every chapter ends with a dance number. Mm. And that is weird. Mm. But apparently Yuji Naka has been quiet on this, so our understanding of what his role in this was probably wrong. We thought he mm. was the that was his studio that was working on it. But it's yeah. not. He was no. kind of the middleman. He's a a director on the game, but he wasn't running the studio mm-hmm. that was working on it. He was like a middleman and apparently got removed from it about half a year before it released. Yep. So he went on Twitter and went on a tirade of tweets Mm -hmm. uh, that have been translated here uh, that show that uh, he's been quiet since that game launched because he filed a lawsuit against Square Enix. Yep. uh, Saying that now the proceeding, when I told them it was producer Fujimoto's decision, let's do our best for him. The staff applauded and cheered. This was unexpected and I was moved. Staff's been down lately, but the spirits have been revived. 
Thank you very much. All of us on the staff will work hard. So the mm. schedule was there being tight, was the producers doing. Something was off. We were releasing an original game. But only put, I believe, the game music that everyone can hum out are the original the game fans will enjoy what they buy. It wasn't right to you with that wonderful illustrations about Ball and Wonderworld. I'm really sorry that I couldn't react to them. And it keeps going on. That's like half of it I read there. Yeah. Uh, he's ranting, and I get what he's saying here. That seems like a bad situation. Also, Yuji Naka himself has a reputation for being a difficult person to work with. Mm-hmm. So this is not surprising that he got himself removed from a game that was attributed to him. Mm-hmm. Being like his creation. And the notion that they didn't want to fix bugs or anything before launch makes a lot of sense. Mm. Though not that the game itself is buggy, it's just it's just there's no like flourishes to the way it was made. Nope. It makes it feel like it was, you know, a creation of passion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. The game was terribly designed. Uh, when this game was first announced, it was easily one of the games that I was most looking forward to before its release. And mm-hmm. as soon as the demo came out, I was like, what the hell is this? Like, it isn't even as good as, like, Glover or, like, you know, those are the, like, mascot platformers that released mid-2000s. It was just terrible. No matter where you walked, you'd get sick of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like you mentioned, the entry level led to sort of a stupid dance and didn't make any sense. Um, that being said, stuff not making sense is okay for this genre, but for the game to not play well or you know, not even feel good is really unfortunate because the games that uh, Naka produced, um, for the most part, like I wouldn't say like you know they're all they're all bangers, but they they were all fun uh, to a certain extent. But you know, just looking at this from the wide uh, perspective, I mean, like looking at Wikipedia in general, the only games where he's been a director for was. Choo Choo Rocket, and then he was like the producer on Sonic Riders and Fantasy Star Universe. Aside from Choo Choo Rocket, which is like a puzzle game, uh, best played on a, on a handheld machine, Sonic mm-hmm. Riders and, and PS were not good. So, like, you know, I'm not going to say, like, this guy has a, has a you know, is, is, is the biggest genius as far as um, his uh, releases are concerned, but, you know, it, it goes back to what Chris said about him being hard to work with, like that. And usually when you see a company, uh, take, uh, take someone off to direct the role six months before release, it was probably because they weren't doing a good job. Um, mm. Granted, he probably has more to say and he hasn't been allowed to say it, which is which is the unfortunate part. And I sort of look forward to seeing what's happening next. But as Chris was saying, like, the whole thing was a rant. He never blamed himself for anything that was going on. We have to realize that this guy has been producing games since the early 80s. Um, there are a lot of like ways to, you know, on the process now. And I'm not saying he was stuck in his ways. But you know, when when you look at when you look at his uh, his uh, his body of work, there isn't that much there that's really all that engaging before the year two thousand. So mm. he might have lost touch. But then again, he's not exactly old at you know fifty six. Like there's still something there, but maybe not as a director. So yeah, yeah. I don't know what is next for him, really, because I don't know that he is necessarily going to be given any more big projects. Mm-hmm. Battle and Wonder World went poorly, even if he wasn't necessarily responsible for some of the decisions there. Mm. Uh, as he says, like the producer was making more decisions than he was as a director. Mm-hmm. It's like already not a great thing to do, not great 
a visual there. Mm-hmm. Sorts. Uh, but yeah, this this feels like a guy ranting that things didn't work out perfectly for him, mm-hmm. and that it's you know very much Square Enix's fault and RSS's fault. And he has nothing to blame. Uh, nothing he should take blame for. Mm-hmm. It was like there's probably stuff about that, plenty of that. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he's not wrong about Square Enix not giving a shit a lot of times. But this is a game that seemed like it was to capitalize off of Yuji Naka's name, mm-hmm. and it didn't go as well as any uh, reasonable person would have expected. Mm. So there you go. And it seems like in the wake of this news maybe happening or whatever they put it on sale, Balan Wonderworld everywhere, mm-hmm. I think. At least a bunch of places, uh but it's like twelve bucks on PSN now. Mm-hmm. So it's like Okay, you guys are just like, oh, some somebody says Balan Wonderworld on title on these article titles. We need to put the game on sale. People talking about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, as long as you know it's not a good game, go ahead and buy it. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it expecting to be, you know, Super Mario Odyssey or anything. Because it so is not that. No, it's not even that same type of game. Mm-mm. God, there's so many costumes in that game where it doesn't make sense why they are multiple costumes. Yeah. It's like, here's yeah. two that go through these water blocks. One lets you jump out of it. Why don't they all let you do that? Then you have like inventory of these outfits and it doesn't let you uh, have control over which ones you you know, swap out. Mm-hmm. But they're also limited inventory. So if you die while wearing a costume, you have to go back to the stage or the area where it spawns to get mm-hmm. it back. So you might have to quit out of a stage and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. To get something you need for that stage. It's a weird-ass game. Mm. Uh, let's get on to other weird-ass games. Yep. Disney Dreamlight Valley got announced yep. for consoles and PC. Yeah. This is a Gameloft game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of injecting a bit of uh, life simulation adventure game kind of stuff into the yeah. Disney universe. Yeah. And I think what's pretty obvious about this probably the first game they that Disney themselves have made where it's pretty obvious that this game isn't necessarily na- aimed at kids. It's aimed more at Disney adults. It is uh, a game where uh, basically uh, you are reviving this village. Yep. It seems to be set outside of whatever the Disney castle. I forget what that's called. Cinderella's castle. Is that Cinderella's Castle? The It's Cinderella's Castle. Okay. It's like reviving a village there, and you are apparently going into different Disney universes to yeah. help characters remember what happened mm-hmm. to them. They've lost their memories or whatever. Yep. Uh, when you do that, then they come to your village, and you can build houses for them. Yep. Or whatever, so you can see Buzz Lightyear walking around, along with uh, Wally and... You know, Mickey and Minnie and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it very much feels like those Disney mobile games you see all the time. It's like, oh, we got to build uh, out this, you know, this area. Yeah. Build stuff, except it's not as brain dead as those 
tend to be mm-hmm. for a long time. <laughs> I was like, here's the one thing you can do. Do it. Great. Mm-hmm. Give us $50 for more of this currency. It seems like they... I saw a preview of this, and it seems like they don't know what the microtransaction stuff will be. They, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be cosmetic stuff. Mm-hmm. So I assume maybe packs for of items you can use to build houses in different styles and such. I don't mm-hmm. know, but that's going to be free to play, so you don't have to pay any money up front. Is either going to be for like maybe forty to sixty hours of yeah content there? Yeah, and trying to make it as free to play friendly as possible. Yeah, I know when this uh, when this announced, a lot of people had. Uh, I say a lot of people, people who were gaming then, uh, immediately started having flashbacks to like Disney Infinity. But uh, this is very much not Disney Infinity. Yeah, the preview I read likened it to like a mix of like a Stardew Valley. Yeah, uh, with a. With adventure gamey stuff, they were saying yeah, like, Stardew Valley with little bits of Animal Crossing as well. Yeah, I mean the fact that it's called Dreamlight Valley kind of like shows that we're trying to go for here. And yeah. then like seeing that you can go ahead and craft and cook and do all these things, very similar to Animal Crossing. Goes ahead and uh, you know um, poke all the, the, those holes there for any uh, Disney fan looking into it. Um, as a huge Disney fan, I do think this is interesting. Um, yeah. I do want to go ahead and tip, dip my toes in the water to see what it's all about. But at the same time, um, just based on a lot of uh, other licensed stuff we've seen as of late, mainly from Nickelodeon, like with their All-Stars Brawl and their cart game. And then recently, uh, I don't know I don't know if it came out yet, but I think Gameloft is working on a Disney racer, too. Um, they look pretty generic. This didn't look yeah. as generic, but if you look at all of the... Um, various uh, characters are all, all the two characters in the game. They all look like they've been done by the same artist. So that doesn't really uh, inspire much like creativity stuff there. And I doubt they'll go full Stardew Valley and you know make you go ahead and marry Belle or Elsa. But uh, mm. um, I do yeah. think there's some promise here. But at the end of the day, it's really tough to see this take off unless they know what the vision is. Like for yeah. me in particular, I I want to know what I can do. Um, now and I want to know what I'll be able to do like, at least three months from now because normally these kinds of games have a lifespan of at least ninety days if you want to see or fourteen to ninety days to see if you want to um if you can be engaged with it because if if it doesn't have an engaged community I guarantee this game will die within six months so yeah um, I mean uh, let's be honest it didn't how long did Disney Infinity last before it crashed and burned. The reason why it lasted as long as it did was because people actually liked buying those toys. I was fixing to say, yeah, the reason that it was because of the collectible aspect. Yeah, but yeah. as soon as they found out, they hardly added anything to gameplay. Yeah, yeah. it just went... <clears throat> it, it imploded. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that lasted like good four or five years. Yeah. They seem to do a good job with the sequel stuff, adding new... New universes, you know, they had the, the whole Star Wars thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they had, like, a kart racer done by the people that did the uh, the Sonic kart racer kind of mm-hmm. stuff there. Uh, yeah, Game Informer here has a preview of the game. Yeah. And they talk about, uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, during the game, you earn currency by doing different things in the world, reaching certain milestones, but you cannot spend real money to unlock it. Currency then then be used to do things like increase inventory space and buy new decorations. Uh, but yeah, it'll be out next year in full, uh, but they're doing early access 
sometime this summer mm-hmm. uh, where you'll be able to pay for a Founders Pack or it'll be on Xbox Game Pass, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, for the Founders Pack or early access version. So uh, you can jump into it uh, early and see what it has to offer for at least the, the early parts of yeah. the game. I mean, like, when, when you think about, like, what the game can potentially become, like, a, a, a Disney version of Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing sounds awesome, but they have to do it right. And uh, that, I guess the, the main thing that I'd be concerned with, like, normally my rule of thumb for free-to-play games like this is to dump as much as I would dump on a regular retail game, so, you know, 60, 70 bucks. And if I'm not getting what I want, then I stop playing from there and, uh, you know, be happy with it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm just wondering how grindy it is. I mean, if you watch the very gameplay they had in the trailer, your main character runs extremely slow, and I'm like, wow, how am I going to be able to get anything done if my character runs that slow throughout the entire what looks like Disneyland? So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. You get a bike from somebody, I assume, mm. or fifty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they do mention that there you have like friendship levels with each of the characters. Mm-hmm. As you sort of progress through their personal storylines, uh, yeah, Goofy asks for help finding his missing fishing rod. Uh, it's very thing from, yeah. Uh, once we located in, uh, in the world, our friendship improved with the anthropomorphic dog. Mm-hmm. I think that opens up fishing as an activity you can do. Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, they have a thousand decoration items. I've created everything from a Monster Inc. themed living room. To the Little Mermaid centric bathroom. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff too, which is very Animal Crossing or mm-hmm. very much looks like a kind of Sims ish kind of setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, as photo mode, all that kind of stuff, as well as you can get uh, special outfit items as well. Mm. Like even Elsa's blue frozen gown. So, yeah. That's how you get the kids in frozen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, and they say they have many plans for multiplayer interaction, but the early access launch, we won't have uh, multiplayer in it yet. Mm. So there you go. They're still kind of figuring out sort of how to do monetization without, you know, making it exploitive. Yeah. Uh, as well as how to make multiplayer and all that work seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why you do like early access for this kind of game. So you get feedback mm-hmm. on that kind of stuff as you put it in. Uh, so there, there you go. That's uh, a pretty interesting project. Yeah. Uh, speaking of projects, there's Project Q coming from Ubisoft, mm-hmm. a game that's at least existence leaked uh, a few weeks ago, and Ubisoft decided, well, fuck it, we're just going to announce it. Yeah. Uh, and so they. This is also weird tweet stuff mm-hmm. uh, where they said, so we heard you heard uh, with the, the shrugging emotes. Uh, introducing codename Project Q, a team battle arena, letting players mm. truly own the experience. Wow. It was in early development and we will keep testing. So for now, all you can do is register for upcoming tests. There's a link for the, the sign up for that stuff. Gee, where have I heard that? So yeah, there's three more tweets after this as like yeah. clarifications. So the second one, by the way, this is not a battle royale. That was the thing that was going around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game will feature a variety of PvP modes with one single goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Fun. And so it seems like uh, it's probably being more of a Overwatch kind of game with a little Fortnite in it. In terms of like wacky weapons and such. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like the battle royale mode that people were taken to was a mode that was like four groups of four or something like that, or four groups of two. I forget it was they were facing off against each other, which I can see how it's described like a battle royale, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. But then they go because you saw you were triggered by that point where it said to own the experience. Like that sounds like NFTs. So they followed up again to say, we don't have plans to add NFTs to this game. You can find out more by registering and taking part in the upcoming test. Mm. And then they followed that up by saying the sign-up page has been updated. Thank you for your interest. Please register for the test. Register. Register. And so that was uh, a fun bit. So still don't quite know what this game is, but they've teased it out a little bit more and acknowledged that it exists. And that it apparently doesn't have the NFTs, despite them saying things like own the experience. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But yeah, this is happening on the PlayStation's, Xboxes, and PC through the Ubisoft Connect mm-hmm. app. And yeah, no releases, release date or anything. It still seems like it's very much in early uh, development. Mm. So it's just prototyping and all that kind of stuff. So there you go. Mm. Ubisoft's trying to make their own Overwatch. Yeah, pretty much. Huge surprise. Especially after they gave up on three Battle Royale games in the past like three or four years. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that Ubisoft had, doesn't have much of a track record of live games. And uh, yeah, here comes another one. Mm. Yeah. Well, two of those didn't even come out. Uh, the Tom Clancy one didn't come out. Uh, and there was another one that was like X Deviant or something. That might have been Tom Clancy, I forget. That yeah. one didn't come out. The was a hyperscape did come out. It was big for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then nobody cared about it anymore. So there you go. Good luck with this one, Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, get to our last few. Uh last announcement here. We got our first event for uh Summer Game Fest. It is the Xbox plus Bethesda Games Showcase. Mm-hmm. It'll be June 12th, a Sunday, at 10 a.m. Pacific. As I say here in two paragraphs. Yep. Uh, the show will feature amazing titles coming from Xbox Game Studios, Bethesda, and our partners around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, see the Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase will include everything you need to know about. The diverse lineup of games coming soon to the Xbox ecosystem, including upcoming releases to Game Pass on Xbox and PC. Mm-hmm. And they linked all their socials. Yep. I have a... We're probably going to see of uh, more of Bethesda stuff. Uh, probably more um, Star, whatever it's called. Um, Starfield? Uh, Starfield, yeah. Which is really fucked up for me to say, considering I'm actually kind of that game. <laughs> but I just couldn't remember the name. And I kind of doubt we're going to see really more Elder Scrolls 6, but never know. We'll see a trailer. A trailer that's very vague. and It'll be more than a valley being shown. Maybe some orchestral music will be playing. Yeah. I find it hard to be excited about Starfield because there's barely been anything said about it. Yeah, that's kind of the date. I'm excited about it because I want to fucking game is about. Yeah, I mean, like, we haven't even gotten any actual gameplay from from uh, Starfall, right? Yeah, we actually haven't gotten any gameplay what 
We've gotten that trailer. Yeah. And, and then, like, uh, the other thing is uh, Bethesda has already come out with two timed PS5 exclusives, or you, you would assume they're timed, like, this year. So, you know, yeah. for Master Alone. Like, I, I would expect this showcase to... You know, we're we're going to see another uh, appearance from Deathloop finally on a on a Microsoft stage. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. probably going to see. Yeah, I've um, been to play like crazy for a while. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, Redfall or well, Redfall is going to be one of them, um, and then we're probably going to see uh, Ghostwire Tokyo show up on on Xbox, since that that's also a Bethesda property. Yeah, but that won't be until next year, so that might be when you don't show for a while. Gotcha. But yeah, like it's it's those games that I would expect there. Um, Starfall will very likely finally see, just because we haven't heard anything about a delay for for the, this fall yet. So there's that. But it's been a while since we've had a full, real Xbox presentation. Everything we've seen as of late was uh, ID and Xbox stuff, and we really need to know like what's going to be coming out um, this summer, this fall, this winter, because there there isn't a whole lot. And at the same time, we've been getting. A bunch of stuff on Game Pass, and that's been great. But we want to see what's coming from Xbox Studios, so I look mm-hmm. forward to that and uh, what's coming up here. And as I mentioned before, uh, Redfall had a huge uh, part of last year's E3, and um, we even had like some gameplay there as well. So I would expect a release date for that one soon, or maybe a delay. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I'm just waiting for more events to get announced so I can see when I need to put in some time off for it. Mm-hmm. So we can stream that stuff, but yeah, that's uh kind of all I got for that. It's kind of so little for a thing that's supposed to start here in about a month. Mm-hmm. Summer Game Fest. I think the only other event they have on there is like a Tribeca event for games. Yeah, but yeah, let's uh, let's get to the last two bits of news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the contracted QA studio that Bioware has been using for a while mm-hmm. uh, has announced that they are looking to unionize for better yep. pay and uh, can to address their concerns over a full-time return to the office while you know this pandemic thing still keeps happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a studio called Keywords Studios mm-hmm. that they've been working with for a while. Uh, they worked with them on the Mass Effect Legendary Edition Mm-hmm. as well as the Legacy of the Sith expansion for Star Wars The Old Republic. And now they're working on Dragon Age 4 with them uh, as part of their embedded services group. Uh, yeah, they seem to plan to... Uh, let's see, the rep said that the catalyst for unionizing was a return-to-office announcement earlier this month. Mm-hmm. Keywords allegedly told everyone they would have to return to BioWare's office in person five days a week starting May 9th. Despite an average of nearly a thousand new COVID cases a day, still being reported in Alberta, Canada. Mm. Uh, let's see. Yeah, keyword staff don't receive any paid time off, even as Alberta's health guidelines recommend 14 days quarantine after someone tests positive for COVID. Yeah. Uh, Full time Bioware employees, meanwhile, would still have flexibility to work from home. Keywords have been criticized in the past for COVID sick time policies and for pushing some of their employees to stay in the office when the pandemic first began in March 2020. So that's not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't technically about Bioware, anything Bioware's doing. It seems to yeah. be part of the leadership at Keyword Studio. Yeah. Studios. Uh, so 
Also, it's just kind of a general trend that we've been saying. Yeah. More, you know, it's, you know, the, it, and it's not just video games, it's labor in general. We've been seeing a bunch of new unions popping up over the last couple of years. Yeah. Just recently, uh, in uh, that one of the Starbucks actually just unionized this week. So right here in my home state of Georgia, very first one to do it. Yeah. And yeah, uh, basically momentum is on the side of labor right now, and you're going to be seeing more happening. Yeah. And yeah, this is an especially important thing because yeah, these are QA staff, mm-hmm. uh, especially contracted QA staff, which are never treated like you know full time staff mm-hmm. at the studios they work at. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and they, they do say they have to wait for the final decision by the Alberta Re- Labor Relations Board, which is reviewing its application. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final bargaining unit would consist of somewhere between 15 and 20 testers and analysts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says the review should be complete here on Tuesday, May 3rd. Vote by mail is likely to be held within two weeks, and two weeks after that, the results are likely to be ratified by the board. Mm. And so they seem pretty confident they'll be able to win a union vote, so best of luck to them. Mm-hmm. They say they're being paid as little as sixteen fifty an hour. Yep, uh, which is Canadian, so that's yep. about thirteen dollars US. Yep, uh, for roles where full time Bioware staff are paid much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rep also said there are concerns about gender based pay discrimination, a lack of consistent metrics used to evaluate employees, mm-hmm. and overall transparency around pay and performance. And unionizing would be a way for them to. Uh, negotiate better ways to deal with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, that is uh, hopefully going to result in some good news. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, but best of luck to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, last one here, Activision Blizzard. Uh, the deal continues on as the Activision shareholders have approved, voted to approve the deal, uh, which Makes sense because I think the stock is currently in the $70 range, 70 ish, and they would be buying it at like $95 a share. So they're saying, I would like more money than what I'm getting right now out of my shares. So, not surprising, they got like 98% shareholder support. Mm-hmm. It just kind of pushed it along just one more notch amongst all the other stuff because they still have to go yeah. through FTC approval and as in the SEC will be going over things as well and a bunch more stuff like that. I think the yeah. EU also has to have a say as well. Yeah, so there's still some potential ways mm-hmm. that can get rejected or maybe Microsoft pulls out of the deal if there's just too much BS going on uh, with them getting out all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it seems like the the biggest thing potentially that could cause issues is just how they deal with uh, the staff mm. being how much, how many people that they are bringing in as a result of this, as well as, you know, the uh, unionization of one of the QA teams, uh, how that gets handled is very much a concern. Uh, so yeah, we still a lot. We don't know about this, mm-hmm. but this is just one more notch on the belt of finishing this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So there you go. 
And yeah, I think part of this was uh, Warren Buffett's had like a 2.5% stake in this company, mm-hmm. Activision Blizzard. Yeah. And saw like what the, the price was fluctuating around like 70, 75, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to increase my shares up to 9.5%, I think. Mm-hmm. Like at 10%, you have to submit a bunch of paperwork to the SEC yep. to justify buying that much stock. Mm. So he's staying below. And so, of course, he would vote for this because it's flipping a bunch of money for even more money. Mm-hmm. And that's what billionaires are generally pretty good at. Yep. Uh, but there you go. That's uh, that's the Activision Blizzard news. Yep. Uh, not really surprising. Nope. Uh, but there you go. That's uh, that's going to do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to Brandon and Dan Red for joining this week. All right. Uh, we will be back next week with a new slate of news. And if you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know that they should mm-hmm. check it out. Uh, as well as select strangers that will not uh, push you down a hill. And, yeah. Uh, onto train tracks where people have to flip switches to decide if your life is worth more than five other people's lives on a different track. Yeah. They may hate you, but they may end up liking it. Just don't expect us to be there to catch you if they push you down the stairs. Yeah, or a hill. Um, or expect us to be that guy on the switch, because, uh, you, know, you know, you might be an asshole. You might be the guy that... That, that stops stops the next Hitler. Yeah. Uh, so, we don't know. We gotta stop but, the Hitler. Uh, uh, I think Hitler's dead at this point. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe he's in, something uh, about an anniversary or something that happened yesterday. I don't know. I just know the weirdos celebrate 420 in relation to Hitler. And that's weird. Yeah. Because he's the opposite of a weed day. Yeah. So there you go. But He also uh, hated smoking in general. Which is yeah. uh, funny. Yeah. But all right. All right. Yeah, we, we just went too far with the Hitler here. So just go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, we, I <laughs> sent it gone too far, so we should probably just quit our head. Yeah. But yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope you have a good week ahead and we'll see you all next time. Have a good one.